Hello, YouTube friends and internet friends. Uh, welcome to another episode of something that we are doing at Belvista Studios. <laughs> but basically, this video is on user interviews and how they can benefit you as an instructional designer. So I'm going to ask Hannah some questions that she's not aware of just yet. And I wanted to set the scene, actually. With Ooh, the, a little, this is a bit different. A little quote quote. <laughs> um, so the quote is by Marcel Proust. I don't know if I pronounce that right, but I feel accomplished. Anyway, so the real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. Ooh. Calm down with your reaction I there. Love that. <laughs> I was like processing that. That's mm. cool. So I think that sets mm. the scene for what we're going to do. Right. To set the scene with user interviews, I am going to do rapid fire. My parameters for what? you are... <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> no, no, you can only answer these particular questions <laughs> in two words or less. And then we'll oh, get into a deeper okay. uh, like discussion around it. Okay. So two words or less for these initial ones to set the scene. And then we'll get into it deeper. That's going to be very difficult for me. <laughs> two words or one okay. word. <laughs> You can Two that. words, please. One word, we're not doing that. No, it's so easy. I, I predicted the answer, so it would work. No. So now I'm going to say the answers that you expect. This is not how you use interviews. Thanks, two patients. Everyone, we're getting there. We're getting there. Just in shock at the moment. Okay, Hannah. Two words or less to set the scene for user interviews and why they're useful for instructional designers. What phase of the project do you do them? Mm -hmm. The beginning. Yep. Also known as, never mind. Discovery. <laughs> Analysis. Analysis. <laughs> um, who is a user? Someone impacted. <laughs> I like it. Um, how many users do you interview? Five. Who is in the interview? How many you people? User. <laughs> you, comma, user. <laughs> Grammarly ain't doing anything here. All right. Um, what's the duration of a user interview? 13 minutes. 30. I oh, 30. I heard 13. I was like, oh, 13 minutes. 30. Okay. Um, ask open ended. Do you, do you ask open ended questions or closed questions? Both. Do you? Is that in the playbook? Well, I think sometimes you need a yes or no answer to some things. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Can you make assumptions? No. <laughs> Can you use jargon, colloquialisms, or slang? No. Is silence okay? Yes. <laughs> you didn't even let me finish. You're like, no silence, just say the answer. <laughs> Should you feel any silence? <laughs> Ten... <laughs> 10 seconds that's my answer <laughs> 10 seconds later i added a word no, not acceptable <laughs> after time that's two words mm, i like that how should your face be neutral nice okay <laughs> so we've set the scene <laughs> thanks for that i love how you're like <laughs> neutral yeah <laughs> You're like ready to hit like, yeah. an imaginary <laughs> buzzer. Yeah. Okay. So now we are going to get into deeper. That's just to set the scene because we got lots of videos on user interviews, but now it's about like, let's go yeah. get into the nitty gritty yeah. on how it can actually benefit a yeah. um, 
instructional designer. You, us, <laughs> those people. All right. What specifically are you trying to find out when you do a user interview? Um, I think you're trying to find out many things, but I think the most important thing is understanding what the goal is that you're trying to meet mm -hmm. and understanding how that user or that person impacted connects with the goal. So for me, it's like around what motivates them in relation to the goal. How does the goal fit into what they're already motivated by or what they're challenged by or what their role is? So I think for the work that we do, it's around discovering who that person is and how they interrelate or connect with the goal that you're trying to solve. Because they are like the lever for change. So when you have a goal through training, what we want to do is we want people to change their behavior in order to meet that goal. So you need to understand that person in order to change their behavior and use them as a lever to meet your goal. That's really cool. Um, are your questions always the same? Roughly? Um, yeah, so we have questions that we use for all of our projects. And it's really cool because they can be used for any project. You just like, there might be a part that you change to give it some context relevant to your goal, but you really can ask the same questions every single time. Yeah. Yeah. When you say goal, what do you mean by goal? Just so people understand. Um, so it'd be when we're creating training or helping an organization do something, we always have to have a goal. So we have a success statement and the success statement is something that we're really clear about with what we're striving for. So if, for example, we're wanting to do training on leaders holding performance conversations we want to be really clear around what's the goal that we want to meet do we want all leaders holding them do we want them holding the conversation four times a year do we want them having informal conversations every day and just being really clear around what that looks like so that's what the goal is yeah cool yeah and those user questions user interview questions that we use that are repeatable they're in our human-centered design playbook which you can check out on the creatorhub.bellvistastudios.com um what insights do you gain by asking your questions um well i think you discover who that person is and it's when you think about the so if you've done a persona activity before a lot of the insights you can get sort of help you fill out that persona activity so it's like um what their role is what their day-to-day -day life looks like what their challenges are what their motivations are um, what resources they use. So do they use their mobile phone at work? Do they use email? What their skills are? Um, what's important to them? So they like, is it more important for them to connect with their coworkers in relation to something else? So I feel like it's sort of like building a profile of them. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think, so a persona is like a characterization yeah. of a human being. Um, and then you use user interviews and the questions that you ask yeah. are related to your goal. What, how does that help you as an instructional designer? Um, what, what do you know by doing them that you wouldn't know if you didn't ask them? Um, well, I think it helps you understand like what they would need to meet the goal. So if you can understand what their challenges are, and it's, yeah, so you can understand what they would need to meet the goal where you can see their day-to-day -day life and know what that looks like. And so you can design a solution that fits in with that day-to-day -day life and actually makes sense to them because you wouldn't want to make something where they're like, that doesn't even make sense in our world or we would never do that here. Yeah. 
Um, so I think that's one part of it. Also motivation. So understanding what interests them and why would they want to complete your solution? So understanding like, yeah, what's important to them and framing that in your learning solution at the very beginning. So they get that buy-in. Um, and I think, yeah, also the type of solution that you design. So if you think about what sort of tools they use, so if they use, um, they don't use phones, but they use computers or they don't have very strong internet, like all of those sort of things can help you decide what solution you're actually going to create. Mm. Cause say you're speaking to users and they said our internet is like terrible here. Like every day it's so hard to load anything on the internet. Then you wouldn't make a solution that's like really high quality videos because they're going to be sitting there and it's going to be loading and mm. so just information like that can have such a big impact on what you design so it's just like creating something for them as an individual like applying human-centered design to them it makes so sense yeah so i know sense. Like, you're just designing for the people that are going to like, yeah i know like it's yeah. so obvious oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah but we forget yeah. to do that okay um so when you got your information from the user interviews. So you've spoken about like motivation, um, like knowledge about their day-to-day -day context, what they have access to, what they don't have access to, yeah. what works, what doesn't, what they care about, what they don't care about, things like that. How does it help you storyboard? So you've said like with the motivation piece, which comes from your user interviews, you're able to open your training and kind of connect with them and go, this is why you should care about the learning that you're about to complete. What other things does it help you do to storyboard? Um, so it helps you come up with scenarios. So when you design training, what we believe is that you should be reflecting the real world. So everything that you design should be as closely related to what their world looks like as possible. So interviews that we did recently for a project, we spoke about, um, it was like in the healthcare industry and it was around like what sort of situations do you deal with relevant to our goals so like what does it look like in your environment so through all the interviews we got lots of different situations and ideas and we spoke about like probing questions saying like what like who would you go to if that happened or um what would what would the patient do if that happened like what's some common things that would mm. take place so you can create scenarios that like reflect their environment um, so that's one of the things I had something else, but I've forgotten now. Um, oh, that was the other thing. So terminology. So when you're doing the interviews, you can find out how they like refer to things. So we had an interview where it's like, there was a manager, but they didn't call them a manager. They called them like the head, whatever. Mm. So just finding out what that terminology is helped us to create a solution that spoke to them and they knew what we were talking about. Because if you said manager, they might think, well, we've got like a team leader, we've got a supervisor, like who are you actually talking about? So yeah, I think scenarios, their terminology, the context. So like when you're referring to different parts of the learning, you can refer to like their environment and what it looks like for them. Mm. Would you add anything else? I, I think it gives you good insight into, I think it is Kathy Moore's stuff with the action mapping where it comes from the four lenses oh, of yeah. the That's environment. Cool. Like, is it culture issues? Mm. Um, is it yeah, processes and stuff like that? Motivation, do they have the knowledge yeah. or the skills? So I think you get a really good insight into that. And that helps you understand training can solve this, training can't solve that. Mm. And then you get basically an output of like, these things can't be solved through training. So you're going to have to do something else. And maybe you make recommendations yeah. for the company, but 
this is what we can work with as an instructional designer and use in our storyboard. Mm. Um, so I think that's important. And then that's where you find out the need to know versus nice to know mm. content. Yeah. So it allows you to get more specific and go, this actually adds value. Now I have an understanding of, for example, a process. Yeah. Um, and it's and it can reveal things like, oh, we know, like we have a manual to yeah. use that system why we're slow on doing it is because the internet is slow yeah, or because yeah. it doesn't talk to another system when we're looking at customer details we have to go into a separate system you can't be in the two at the same time so it reveals things like that mm. and you're like well you don't need training you know how to do your job the technology is letting you down so i think that's a, a that's a really well. good point a hundred percent yeah i was more talking about the training component but i can see what you mean sometimes the user interviews can help you realize that what you're designing for is not actually mm. going to solve the true problem. Like, yeah. like what you said, they can tell you, well, it could be motivation. They might be like, yeah, we know what to do and we've got the tools, but like, I'm not gonna do, I don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've got like other things going on. Yeah. And then, yeah, you find that out before designing a solution where you're trying to train people where they're like, we already know this. We just don't want to do it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it just makes so much sense, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> if you don't talk this, to like, the people that you're designing for, they're going to be like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think as well, like at that point, sorry, just to close this off for me is you get those things with the motivation, knowledge, environment, skills, that context allows you to shape what sort of solution you're going to create. Mm. So it's like, someone might come and say we need a 30 minute e-learning and then net minute through your user interviews you're like um, <laughs> you just go, you you find out the information you decide it's revealed that this just needs to be a poster yeah or this yeah. just needs to be like a two minute yeah. uh, animation so in terms of the media output or how you're going to train it can reveal something that's actually practical yeah just in time the most useful thing for your people and then you're able to storyboard from there yeah mm. that's so cool um, <laughs> you've reminded me about that part of it that's really cool <laughs> um so in user interviews sometimes depending on what the goal is the training goal basically yeah you're just the person is disclosing intimate details that they might feel judged about. Mm. Um, but, the, and then it's like, how can you get them to share that? Because it's important. There's a problem that they're trying to solve. So what kind of environment or how do you create an environment of trust in your user interviews so that you get access to that underlying actual truth of mm. their experience? Well, I think one part of it is because we're outsiders, it makes it a bit easier. Like we're not part of that organization. So I think the first thing is like what we would want is just us and the user in the room mm. rather than having like someone from the organization, like a manager or yeah, they might feel like that organization might feel like the manager should be there or the HR leader needs to be there and present and hear everything. But I think that can have a big impact on what information you get from them. Um, cause yeah, they feel less likely or they don't feel as comfortable to share information cause they could have like, yeah, like repercussions from it. So I think that's one part of it. Um, and then I think the other part is just the way that you open the interview. So just explaining that you're here, you're here to solve a problem. And this is like the goal that you're reaching. 
and the whole intent of the interview is for them to help you you don't want to get them into trouble or mm. like I think it's just yeah I don't know I'm still like semi figuring that out myself because sometimes I feel like the user is holding back um but I think it's just around setting your intent at the beginning and explaining to them why you're here and what your intentions are. Mm. I think I've heard you speak about it before, like a sort of script that you use. Could you share that now? Um, I think it's about, yeah, we're, we have spoken about it. Um, I think it's yeah. in the human centered design course. Yeah. So it's around, um, they are there because they can add value yeah, to solve yeah. the problem. So you've been identified because you can give us insight that can eliminate this problem or mm. make the life of people in your organization better. Yeah. So really showing how they are valuable to the process yeah. and how they can contribute. And that makes people feel good about themselves. And it is true. That's why mm. we're fucking talking to them in the first place. So um, they feel valued and then they want to step up and really mm. help you solve the problem. Because you explain, we're putting all this effort in here. We don't want it to be a Band-Aid solution. We want to get to the like true problem and solve that to the best of our ability. So mm. it doesn't continue or it's better for you. So please help us. And how you can do that is just tell us how it is here. Yeah. Like be honest It's and saying it doesn't go beyond this. What we do is we get themes from it. Yeah. It just gives us insight into the context. And then we know to focus our energies on this thing. And normally I'd give an example like we were talking about earlier. Mm. Yeah. So they can understand, oh, yeah, you're solving the right, wrong problem. Yeah. And that would, yeah. From there. Yeah, that's cool. And I think, yeah, when you're speaking to the client or like the project manager or leader, you don't need to say, like Jessica said, X. Oh, no. and that means that we should do this instead. Like you don't need to mention individual names. We don't share any so, of that with, no, we don't like the it's user like the uses our team stuff. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't go back to the client and, and no one's like ever trends. asked for it either. It's not like yeah. individual responses. It's like, this is the information that we've collected from all of the data mm -hmm. and the trends that have shown. So yeah. it's not like people's names are individually pointed out or anything yeah. like that yeah and i guess you if that if that. they are that's like major trust issues yeah. in the organization because yeah i think the the companies we've worked with they trust our process and yeah. allow us to do our thing and they're just like yeah. yeah and um but i guess if people are thinking like they're they're going to want to see this information you have to communicate that this is how it will be shared mm. and um make it anonymous and all that kind of jazz which you can just google if you want to know the answers to yeah. that kind of stuff. <laughs> um da, 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 da. but that will that won't create trust no definitely so not. you're gonna have to say yeah you'd have to work around that but yeah. i think you do that you just be a genuine human being i think that's what comes through when yeah. you're doing your user interviews is that you are really curious and that you yeah. want to help them and you want to understand yeah um so yeah having a good intent yeah. in the interviews fuck <laughs> off <laughs> all right um <laughs> Okay, how, where am I? What can you say if stakeholders say, we don't have time to do user interviews? Oh gosh. Um, I think if people say that, you really need to help them understand the impacts that user interviews can have and especially the consequences of not doing them. So there's so many different consequences, but I guess if you can understand what their motivations are, so if someone's saying that to you, think about what's important to them. Is it like doing well at their job? Is it 
like their team's performance? Is it making a difference in the organization? Whatever that thing is, speaking to that and saying without user interviews, there is risk that like your team, for example, will be working on something that is not going to add any value because if you just work on a project and you don't speak to the users or find out whether it's going to have, like it's going to connect with them and like make a difference to their life, they are the levers for change. And if you don't change their behavior, you're not going to meet your goal. So I feel like the consequences of not doing the user interviews is like so large. So I think talking about that is important. And then also explaining that like you can move things around in the project and make it work. Like just find somewhere where you can fit them in. And then like our interviews don't go for a long time. We only do around 30 minutes is enough to get the information that you need. Um, so yeah, it's just like explaining the importance of it and finding somewhere to fit it in and making it work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love is there what anything you, you would add to that? No, I think what you said is really good. Find the motive, the person that is pushing back yeah. or resistant, find out what they care about and make the link between the consequences of not doing it to what they care about. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And that's a really good stakeholder tip for yeah. influencing anyone in any situation. 100%. Yeah. That's how I get my way with you. No. <laughs> I'm like Not a guinea pig. You're like testing stuff on me. You're Rude. only realizing that now. <laughs> I've known that for a long time. <laughs> um, well, okay. What have I got here? So. <laughs> I've just got a random note, sorry, <laughs> bear with me. <laughs> okay, so where can people learn more about user interviews from us? Um, so our human-centered design playlist is freaking awesome. It's so good. So there's videos, I think we have like three different videos on user interviews. So check out those videos on YouTube. We've got a blog on user interviews. Um, IDO run really good videos and things on user interviews. There's another guy, but I've forgotten his name, but I'm going to put it in the description. There's a guy who runs like a video on how to create like user personas and sort of talks about user interviews. His name's Robert, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be in the description. Don't know him personally. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's really good. Um, but yeah, I would yeah say our YouTube, our podcast, our blog, we're all over that sort of stuff. And we talk about it all the time and experiment. So just... You're watching YouTube now, most more than likely. <laughs> or you're listening to them. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Check out the creatorhub.belgistudios.com yeah. as well. We've got resources yeah. on there. Okay, I've figured out what my little scribble was here. <laughs> and it's actually a really important one. That's why I have like a highlight next to it. So why should the instructional designers that are watching this video stop focusing on the SME, the subject matter expert, or the stakeholder, and instead focus on the people that they're creating the training for because the people that you're creating the training for are the ones that you need to change their behavior so you don't need to change the behavior of the sme they already know what to do and they already understand what needs to happen to meet the goal but the users are the ones that you need to influence so you need to understand what motivates them you need to understand what actions they need to take and how that fits into their world so they are like so important i think it's also important the sme because you need to understand like the information and like how to do things. But I think the user is so important because it's applying that information to their world. And if you don't understand them or their world, you're not going to change behavior mm. or meet your goal. So, yeah, cool. All right. Summarize the video. So basically have a clear goal 
for the project that you are working on. Yeah. You want to do, you want to speak to the people that you are designing your training for in the analysis phase of your project. Um, you want to use that information. It will reveal themes, motivation, the skills, the knowledge, what's happening in the environment of their workplace. All of this you can actually use to shape your storyboard to figure out what needs to go into the storyboard, what doesn't need to go into the storyboard, what becomes part of another initiative, what is part of your goal that you're trying to achieve. It reveals scenarios, consequences, how things play out in the real world, activities, common challenges, um, the context, the type of people completing the training, and all of this helps you basically massage your content in your storyboard as opposed to writing it from scratch yeah. because they give you when someone says oh yeah like when a patient going back to your example at the beginning when a patient lashes out or that this happens this is physically what they need to do and this is where it links really nice to empathy mapping but you can probe in the user interview and go well how would you deal with that that sounds like scary yeah. how would you deal with that if a patient is lashing out and they all say, well, you need to do this. You need to restrain them. Uh, that's cool. What's restraining? I wouldn't know how to do a restraint. Like yeah. I wouldn't know how to restrain someone. Like? Yeah. yeah. So what does it physically look like? Well, it actually, it means like you use your left. I don't know what it is now, but you use your left hand to like have this because your right hand is like your dominant hand or whatever. So they get really specific. And yeah. then they also will give you scripts such as like, you need to say this specific sentence because this makes people feel calm and it gets them out of their auto aggro mode. I don't know why I've gone to angry patient, but anyway, you're getting the picture yeah. of how you can extract the information by being curious and asking the right questions. Yeah. Then you're just basically putting that into your storyboard, storyboarding life. Yeah. Easy. And they know like they're in the, they're on the, like, the front line, they're dealing with the situation. So they know what works and what doesn't. We shouldn't have to create anything from no. scratch as an no. instructional designer. Yeah. The answers are there by the people that are doing the work well. Yeah. Your high performers. Yeah. Cool. Hannah Grennan, you rock. <laughs> Thank you, you for rock. the value <laughs> that you have brought in this video to the people. Everyone at home watching, round of applause celebrate around the world for the value that Hannah's brought. Thanks for watching our content. We really appreciate it. Um, if you do like our stuff, please do. Don't be selfish. Don't, don't be selfish out there. Share it with people. Yeah, because it does. If it adds value to you, it's going to add value to other people. And it is a ripple effect. You create better learning. The people that receive your learning become better humans and the people around them become better humans because they're better humans. It's all just a lovely little circle. I a like beautiful it. world. Yeah. That's what we're on a mission for. Yeah. So yeah, don't be selfish. Share this and take action on anything that resonates. Thank you. Peace out.